This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The NFL, they must be making a motion right now to maybe ixnay on the primetime games at MetLife Stadium because so far we've had four of them combined in four weeks between the Jets and the Giants, and the locals have lost three out of four. And a couple of them have been the non-competitive variety, and coincidentally enough, they've both featured the Giants in what was just an ugly one last night. But what is going on, everybody? Dan Gross' show on this Tuesday on 98.7 ESPN. Shortened show tonight, abbreviated show. We're only going until 7.30, so we're going to try to squeeze in as many of you as possible. So get in now at 800-919-3776. When we're done, we send you out to Philadelphia. Game one of the wild card series between the Marlins and the Phillies. We'll do the same exact thing tomorrow. So one-hour shows today, tomorrow, TBD on Thursday, depending on how these series are going to play themselves out. But football is going to be the topic. Giant fans, make an appointment, lie down on the couch, put your feet up, whatever it takes, and we'll get you through your problems. But, boy, this has been a great football season in New York, huh? Like we were just talking off the air before the show. Jacob and Julian, by the way, Jacob Perry is hanging around, Harvey producing the program tonight. We were talking before the show, like, baseball season in this town stunk. And there was all this hype about the football season and how it would go for the Jets and the Giants, right? Aaron Rodgers, Giants coming off of a playoff victory, expectations in their own right. And here we are a quarter of the way through the season, and both teams have won combined two games. Two games. Like, what's going to be the over-under right now in a few weeks when they meet up at MetLife Stadium? What is that, on October the 29th? Like, what's going to be the combined win total for the Jets and the Giants with the Giants going to Miami and Buffalo the next two weeks. See, this was the fear that we had over the summertime, and it's coming true. And I'm talking about the Giants exclusively because this is all about them tonight. But the reason that we said, boy, the Giants might take a step back this year, a lot of it had to do with the schedule, and it was a lot more daunting on paper than what it was last season when they had that surprising run and they went all the way to the playoffs and they won a game, right? Better team. But you got tougher opponents. So the wins and losses may not be as impressive as what we saw last year. But not this. No, 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 no. They're going backwards, but it's not for that reason. It's got nothing to do with they're playing better teams. Yeah, the teams are better, but you can actually go out there and look like you belong in the NFL. And on more than one occasion so far this year, actually the majority of the time, Giants have been out on the field, they don't look like a competitive football team. And last night... Forget about what the scoreboard said. Last night might have been the most damning. Really and truly. You had 11 days to prep for that game last night, and that is the product that you put out there on national television? 11 days. It's kind of like, remember when you were in school and you had a project to do and they assigned it to you and they gave you like two weeks to do it, right? You could take it home. You had the weekends. You even have your parents help you out, right? And then you come back with this crap and you're lucky to get a C on it. And they tell you, you had 11 days to do this, and this is what you did? That was the Giants last night. You've had two home games so far this season, both of them prime time, ironically enough. You've scored three points. Three points in two home games. On national TV, three. I mean, I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth right now. In an era of the NFL where it's supposed to be about offense and the rules are catered to the offense and moving the ball and scoring points, three points in two games, eight quarters. 
I'll tell you, this team is lucky they're not 0-4. Right? And probably, barring a miracle, they're going to be 1-5 in, in a couple of weeks. And remember after the Arizona game how some of you guys actually fought me when I said going into that game, hey, forget about the style points. All you got to do is win. And some of you was like, no, well, you know, I think it is about the style points. You need the style points. Like, they have to go out there and actually show that they're much better than the other team. Okay, well, guess what? Style points work in both fashions, not just wins, also with losses. So everybody that's pro style points, guess what? If you apply those to the losses as well, Giants should be about 1-9, 1-10 in in right now. Because each of the three losses have been abysmal. Remember last night on the show, we were saying, boy, Giants, you know, you got to start fast. Got to get out of the gates with some momentum here. What? Start fast. What the hell's that? Start fast. They've been outscored now 77 to 9 in the first half of these games this year. 77 to 9. That's inexcusable. Inexcusable. Dallas, San Francisco, fine. You might be talking about the two teams that are in the NFC Championship game this year. All right, they're really, really good. Arizona, you escape with your life. Get it. Seattle, who is not an elite team, this is not Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch. No, 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 no. Long ways removed from that. Although last night in that very stadium where they won their Super Bowl a decade ago, they looked like they did that day in the Super Bowl. They absolutely mauled the Giants last night. Mauled them. 11 sacks? 11! 11! This is the NFL. 11 sacks. Both of these teams were in the playoffs last year. I mean, when Alabama writes a big fat check to some, you know, mid-major school to come down to Tuscaloosa and get their brains beat in, so Alabama could take its scholarship players out of the game at halftime and give them basically a day's rest, they don't even put up 11 sacks in that game. And this is not an elite defense. We said it how many times last night? Seahawks had five sacks in the first three games of the season. Five. They more than doubled that last night in one game. You know what it looked like last night after a while? Seriously. And I'm going to date myself a little bit. And hopefully some of you guys get this reference. And if you don't, Google it, YouTube it, do whatever the hell you got to do. Last night, watching the Seahawks defense against the Giants offense, it reminded me of Tecmo Bowl. Remember when you used to play Tecmo Bowl on Nintendo? And if you were on defense, and if you guessed the correct play that the offense chose, like your defensive line with those great graphics and gameplay from the late 80s and early 90s, your defensive line would just absolutely run right through the offensive line like they weren't even there, and then it would be like eight guys just mauling the quarterback. That's what it looked like last night. It was the Seahawks against the Giants in Tecmo Bowl, except everybody on Seattle knew exactly what the Giants were trying to do. And it got to a point where I felt bad for Daniel Jones. I really and truly did. I mean, the first three quarterbacks that Seattle faced this season each threw for over 320 yards against them. Andy Dalton, 361 last week in Seattle. And remember, he's the backup quarterback in Carolina. 360 yards in their building. And last night, the Giants couldn't even keep their quarterback upright. 
The offensive line's abysmal. And yeah, I get it. They got injuries. But you know what? So did that Seattle offensive line. They lost two guards in that game, and they didn't look like a charity case like the Giants did. Defense. You know what? They're not without blame, too. I know that they weren't as bad as the offense, right? They did all they could to keep them in the game, but missing tackles all over the field. Special teams was a disaster as well. I mean, Eric Gray muffing that punt. And somebody explained to me, and look, coaching is going to be a big theme of this discussion tonight. Somebody explained to me that if you want to get Eric Gray out of there because you don't want to muffin any more punts, I get it. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why are you going to take a Dory Jackson after he got injured last year when returning punts and put him back there to do the same thing and you're tempting fate all over again? Not that you don't have enough injuries as is. And it's not like you have a wealth to choose from either at the cornerback position considering you already made changes going into the game last night before it even kicked off. And the quarterback was running for his life all night long. Look, I get it. He's a tough dude. He kept getting up, right? Made me think back to Rocky. It's like, you beat that man. And he kept coming back again and again and again like no other man has ever been beat before. Except Daniel Jones has his head coach throwing tablets at him on the sidelines. And again, there's this, 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 this theme with Brian Daybolt, keeping Daniel Jones in games way too long. Maybe he wants him to actually just get driven six feet below the turf at MetLife Stadium. He did it against the Cowboys that first game. He did it again last night. I don't know. Is this an order from upstairs? Hey, these fans pay a lot of money for tickets for the games. Make sure Daniel Jones stays out there for as close to 60 minutes as possible, even though the game is out of hand already and you know that you're not going to win. Is that what it is? Now the turnovers are mounting again for Daniel Jones. This was all like pre-Brian Dayball arriving, Daniel Jones, right? And look, there was no bigger fan of Darren Waller and that acquisition than I was all offseason. You would have thought I was the president of the damn fan club. But Darren Waller's like MIA on this team. He's MIA. And you know what the damn shame is? is that some of the time you got to keep him in to block because your offensive line is so bad and you can't have your quarterback getting killed that he can't even go out there and try to get open to make plays so the quarterback could deliver him a ball if he doesn't have four guys bearing down on him. You're playing compromised. And this keeps up. Look, you know what's going to happen? One week he's just not going to get up from one of these hits. And he's going to have to get helped off the field. Like what happened to Aaron Rodgers in week one. He's not going to be able to walk off on his own. He is taking a beating. And this is your investment? This is the guy that you gave $160 million to? And this is how you're treating him? He's already thrown more interceptions in four games than he did all of last year, which is a horrible sign and a horrible trend. Can you imagine? I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing. Can you imagine if this was how Daniel Jones played last year, when he was going into his contract offseason. I think things would be a lot more definitive, certainly. The Giants would have let him walk. Decision would have been real easy. But you talk about these quarterbacks and the elite guys and the guys you're paying a lot of money to, and this was all the argument with him in the offseason. Is he worth it? Is he, is he worthy of this kind of money? Well, guess what? No Saquon Barkley last night. Your offensive line stinks. You don't have any game breakers at wide receiver. Can the quarterback put the team on his shoulders and move them up and down the field and score points? I think we know what the answer is. I think we have an answer to that one. I get it. 
And I know that there's only a few of those guys and a handful maybe at most in the NFL. And he's not one of them. And I don't know if anybody thought he was one of them. But it's a real bad problem to have, and now it compounds matters because nothing is going right with this football team. Nothing. Look, you can lose games, you know. You maybe you're just going to get out-talented by some teams. But getting outclassed like this, that's what it is. You're getting outclassed. Three out of the four games you've played already this season, you're not even in it including your two home games, which are probably your worst ones. Everybody, everybody has a hand of the blame. Every single one. Players, coaches, front office, you name it. 11 days. You had 11 days to study for the test. And you brought home a D plus? That's what you brought home. D plus, the hell with D plus. That was an F. That was a straight F. F. Harvey and I were talking before the show, and I had forgotten about this, and he reminded me. He said, remember what you said before the season started about, like, you know, best-case scenario for the Giants, or you would actually consider it an accomplishment this season if, let's say they miss the playoffs, but the quarterback plays really well, and he continues to progress and to get better, and to maybe validate the decision to go all in and give him all that money. You could live with that if you're a Giant fan. So much for that. I know that there's still 13 games left, but what hope do you have right now, right? Jet fans might have been feeling sorry for themselves after four weeks, but you know what? Giant fans are like, here, hold my beer. What do we show you what we got up our sleeves? What an awful start to this football season in this town. Awful. Awful. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We'll break it down as best we can. Want to hear from you, of course. Sprinkling a little bit of baseball with the Tampa Bay Rays getting blanked in their building by a former Yankee, Jordan Montgomery. Seven scoreless today. Game one starter for the Rangers. They're now one win away from the next round of this postseason. All you guys that, that fought me over the fact that, you know, Yankees were right to trade Montgomery for Harrison Bader. You, you still going to die on that hill or what? Still wanna, you still want to plant that flag right in the soil? Be my guest. Dan Gross's show. Remember, shortened show tonight. We're only going until 7.30, 98.7 ESPN. This isn't Nintendo. This is NFL. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. You say it's the first quarter of the season, but how eye-opening is it to you? I mean, you're not just losing games, you're losing by 40, uh, 18, and 20. I know the scores, Jordan. I got you. Yeah, not good. So, uh, a lot of work that needs to be done. Don't think for a second Jordan doesn't know the scores either. That's why we have him on our show once a week. He's on top of his game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Remember, you can tweet at me as well, at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. Take it until 7.30, then it's postseason baseball. Phillies and the Fish, little NL East showdown in the first round of the playoffs. All right, let's get right to the calls. Ryan in the car, going to bat leadoff for us here on 98.7. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hey, Dan, good. How are you doing, man? Good, Ryan. What's going on? Uh, so real quick before I get to the Daniel Jones point, if I have to see Kayvon Thibodeau dropping six yards into coverage again, I think I'm going to start ripping my hair out. Um, I know, you know, I know he hasn't been great and he's got to get better, but that is just not the way to keep using him. He actually wasn't that bad last night, believe it or not. It's actually pretty good. He really Probably as good no. a game as he's played as a giant or one of his better games, at least. Absolutely. And keep getting them the reps out the line. You know, I mean, dropping them back this much is a waste. Anyway, to Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. this is this man's fifth year in the NFL. And if you reference basically two games, I think I can kind of answer the question as to why they keep leaving them in so long. Uh, so I, I would look at Carolina. Excuse me, look at Arizona this year, the second half specifically, and Carolina last year. So Arizona this year, Brian Dayball has not been calling plays the entire, you know, to uh, to start the season as we know. That game he took right back over and was in Daniel Jones's ear, saying, "Here's read one, here's read two. If it's not there, boom, take off." Right. So. I think that's my best guess as to why he's still in these games is to prove somehow that in his fifth year, he's able to make those reads and make these decisions on his own. But Ryan, here's the difference though. Here's the difference between the Arizona game and the couple that I referenced. He wasn't getting his brains beaten in Arizona like he was against Dallas and last night. It's a fair, you know, I know I agree with you, Dan, but I think what I'm saying is I think part of the reason is that Dable is in his ear, able to help him, you know, slide the protections, move the running back to the right flat instead of staying straight in the middle. And just looking back last year, right, the Carolina game was finally when Dable felt comfortable enough to let Kafka play the, uh, call the plays and not be in Daniel Jones's ear. He was terrible. And so they reverted right back to Dable. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Ryan, that, that possibly, and, and at this point right now, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays, they've got issues. And I thank you for the phone call. I remember all that stuff, whoever's in the quarterback's ear, Remember, that line of communication gets cut off at, I forgot how many seconds left on the play clock. Maybe with like 20 seconds left on the play clock. So it's not like you're in their ear talking to them up until the ball is snapped or even while the play is going on. Like that's, they get the play out there and then pretty much boom, done, finished. So I don't know how valid that is necessarily. Ray in the Bronx up next here on 98.7. Hello, Ray. What's going on? Hey, Dan. Good night, man. Um, I, I was, I'm composed now and I sound composed and this morning I was, I was red hot. <laughs> I was red hot, but so I was, you me- you've mellowed a little bit, right? I, I, yeah, I, I've come down, you know, it's like you, you ride that rage train, uh, but so long until now I'm just, I bottom out, you know, but I, I was speaking with fellow giant fans and I'm under the guise initially that we should have never paid Daniel Jones it was it's been my stance and I and I wasn't blaming Jones clearly I watched the game I wasn't blaming him entirely I know the offensive line 
was terrible, but Seattle had offensive line issues, and they, they lot came in, and he scored a touchdown on us, no problem, right? So it's just, uh, long story short, I don't see us getting much wins this year. We have Philly twice, we have Dallas again, we have Miami and Buffalo. So it, with the pick that we do get, supposing we get the high pick, can't, we can't go anywhere other than quarterback, right? What do you think about that? I, I mean, right, look, anything can happen, Ray, over the next 13 weeks, right? But right now, as we're talking, and I thank you for the phone call, uh, it, it would have to be. Because remember, even though the contract with Daniel Jones, for those that don't know, $160 million, four years, the way it's structured, the Giants can get out from underneath it after next season. And it's a very quarterback-rich draft if these guys come out. And right now you can still make a good living if you're a college athlete in, in, in school because of NIL and all the opportunities there if you still want to live that college life for a little bit. So let's just assume that there is a bounty of quarterbacks. You know what? Giants are picking in the top five, whatever it is. You take your damn quarterback, let him battle Daniel Jones next year for the job. May the best man win, or if even if you want to start Daniel Jones and have this kid watch a couple of weeks until he's ready to take over, fine. But unless things change substantially over the next 13 weeks, yeah, and the Giants are picking pretty high, I would say 99% they're taking a quarterback. You got to. You got to. Quarterback-driven league. Jude is calling from Tom's River up next year on 98.7. Hey, Jude, what's going on? What's going on, Dan? What's up, man? Uh, long-time Giants fan. Uh, appreciate uh, appreciate the call. Um, Thanks for making it. I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about the, uh, the schedule last year. Uh, we went four and zero against the NFC South. Mm-hmm. All right, sweet, clean sweep. Yep. And then we go up five seven and one against all. I guess you know NFC teams that are left. All right, that right there is a is a is a, is a sign, whole tail sign right there. Okay, mm-hmm. we did. We, we beat the Vikings. Which was good, right? We got to a shootout first game. Next game, playoffs, we beat them. How the Vikings looking now? They're not looking too good either. Right. All right. We need to compete against two teams, okay, in our division. But but real quick, Jude, real quick, real quick, and you're not wrong in what you're saying. The only thing that I'll caution, though, is the Vikings lost a lot of really, really top players because of salary cap issues during the offseason. The Giants roster didn't take as many hits as Minnesota did in the offseason, but yet Minnesota has actually been more competitive than the Giants have been so far getting off to a 1-3 and start themselves. I, I agree. That Yes, 100%. 100%. Min- Minnesota's three losses quick. so far this season have come by three points, six points, and four points. You know, they've been in almost every game. They haven't been embarrassed on a few occasions like the Giants have. Yeah. Um, one, one last thing. Yeah. All right. Washington competes. All right. They're usually a team that's getting bullied around. They're out here balling. All right, when we go up against the Cowboys, when we go up against the Eagles, the teams in our division that matter, we get bullied. And it's crazy to me because we can't even compete with them. It's always been with the NFC East, you've got to win your division. We can't even compete in our division, and that's what matters the most. It's eye-opening, so, right, Jude? And, and yeah. Thanks a lot for the phone call. And, look, even last year, they didn't win a lot of games in their division last year. Well, they win one game. They won one game and tied a game. That's the best they did in the NFC East. This year? You look at any of these games that they have left with Philly, Dallas, or Washington and say, oh, yeah, absolutely, that's a win? Which one? Giants got off to a 7-2 and two start last year. Since then, including the playoff game, they're 4-9-1 and one in their last 14 games. 4-9-1. and one. I know that bridges two seasons, but if you want to play the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately game, that's a pretty good sample size, don't you think? 14 games? 
Let's say hi to Anthony in New Jersey up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Anthony. How are you? Hey, Dan. How are you? Always good What's up, to Anthony? So, yeah, I mean, look, like the bottom line is I watched that game last night. They're just not a very good football team. That's what it comes down to. I mean, the offensive line is terrible. I mean, listen, if you gave Daniel Jones up until five Mississippi until the uh, defense could even touch him, yeah, he would drive him down the field every single drive, and they'd score points. I mean, this guy is getting knocked around all game. He was on the ground, like, but before the pick six, he'd already gotten knocked down and sacked about seven or eight times. But that pick six was atrocious. I mean, yeah, he could have gone, you know, far into the – I think he had Waller in the corner, maybe. But, I mean, by that time, all the times he's got knocked out, yeah. who knows what was going through his mind. I mean, he was already roughed up seven or eight times. You ask any quarterback, um, Anthony, you ask any quarterback, and those, I mean, anybody, you know, the more and more you get hit, that happens a lot, it's still going to be in the back of your mind. So, yeah, absolutely. When he g- drops back to pass, maybe he's not as committed and diligent to going through his reads because maybe there's this little voice inside his head saying, hey, man, you better get rid of the ball because you're about to get hit in another half a second. Right? I'm sure that. And, look, that's the luxury of hitting the quarterback and applying pressure. That's what they preach. That's why you do it. But the way things are going for the Giants last night, let's say he did see Waller sneaking out free to the back of the end zone. Would he have been able to deliver the ball where he needed it to be? Or would he overshot him? You never know. That's why I hate playing the what-if game when it comes to a particular play. Bottom line is the Seahawks were all – Seahawks were basically in the huddle with the Giants last night. That's how much they were on them. All right, half hour still to play with more of your phone calls as we go till 7.30 in baseball. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. In case you're just joining us, Rangers win the first playoff game of the day. They blank the Rays 4 to nothing. Jordan Montgomery, yeah, that Jordan Montgomery, seven scoreless for Texas, getting the win. Even Aroldis Chapman came in and pitched a shutout eighth. Tampa very sloppy. Four errors. Left a mountain of men on the base paths as well. Not getting enough clutch hits. Texas left 13 guys on base, and they still won the game 4-0. Could have been even uglier today for the Rangers, and so they're one win away from the next round. Twins have a 3-1 lead in the bottom of the eighth inning. Remember, the Twins have not won a playoff game in 18 years, for crying out loud. So they are six outs away. Actually, no, three outs away from breaking that streak right now. Royce Lewis has been the hero for him. He's hit not one but two home runs 
for Minnesota today, and that has given them the three runs. Very solid outing by Pablo Lopez, getting the better of Kevin Gossman, who got into some trouble early on in this one. Um, Toronto's used six pitchers in this game, but that's the playoffs. You know, it's like there's no starters, no relievers. They just find a way to, to piece together 27 outs, these managers do, in the playoffs. It's a little nerve-wracking, but we'll see. We're leading you right up into Marlins and Phillies. That one gets underway coming up at 8 o'clock tonight, but we'll be done at 7.30. And then you got the other game in the National League as well tonight between Arizona and Milwaukee. That one just about to get underway in Wisconsin. But we're talking Giants, we're talking football, a 24-3 setback. Brutal performance last night in front of their home fans at MetLife Stadium. Let us say hi to... Uh, ba, 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 ba. Marlo in Queens up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Marlo, how you doing? Dad, I'm well. How about yourself, man? Marlo, things are great, my man. What's going on? All right, so here's my theory. Um, the reason why uh, Dayball keeps Daniel Jones in the games, even in blowouts, is because Daniel Jones is on an extended tryout. That contract, as you mentioned earlier, is structured for the Giants to get from underneath that in two years. A team that's confident in a guy and is calling a guy their franchise quarterback would not have built the contract that way. So this is an extended this is an extended tryout. They couldn't get they couldn't let him go for nothing. He played well. We went to the playoffs, but Daniel Jones is still not doing certain things that Dave Will wants to see. Certain reads, certain quick decisions, certain throws. He's not doing it. And guess what? He wasn't doing it last year either. But he got away with it. Luck broke in our favor last year. And I just think that Dayball's frustrated with him, and he's not going to let him out of games when they're out of hand or they're a blowout. They, he wants to see him make the plays, make the reads that he's not seeing him make. He's not learning at the pace that uh, Dayball wants him to learn at. He's frustrated with them. He doesn't care if he gets hurt. If you get hurt, you get hurt. We need to see it from you. And that's let the me ask you, let me lose him late. Let me ask you this question, too. And, and this is also something that I think is now going to have to be examined and discussed moving forward when these, or while these struggles are continuing. The front office do a good enough job for him. If, even if you make this commitment for him, the front office do a good enough job surrounding him with playmakers that will bring the best out of Daniel Jones. Yes, they did. I think they did enough. I mean, right Even a now, wide receiver? Jalen Hyatt, Darren mm. Waller. I mean – you know, I, I think it's I think it's good enough. I think you put a different quarterback um, in the backfield who can make decisive, quick decisions. Wanda Robinson coming back from injury, somebody else would do a better job. I'm I'm not a Daniel hater, but mm-hmm. I have to come to realization that Daniel Jones, his processing is just not fast enough, and it's not it's not good. It's not good. Here's what I'll say, Marlo. Thank you for the call, my man. Get back to us. Here's the thing. All right, you can talk about Darren Waller, and you guys know I'm a big Darren Waller fan. But Darren Waller's not stretching the field like one of these vertical threats at wide receivers. You can talk about Jalen Hyatt. That's great. He got a lot, of, a lot of snaps last night. But if the quarterback doesn't have time to deliver the ball and Hyatt doesn't have time to get downfield, then what good is it? That's number one. All these other guys coming back from injuries, whether it's Wandale Robinson. Sterling Shepard is like MIA. They don't want to play him on offense. You know, if, if he's not healthy enough, if you don't believe in the knee yet, then why is he even dressed? Right? But remember Brian Dayball's previous stop, guys. Okay? Up in Buffalo. And the quarterback that he had up there. Josh Allen, the first couple of years, was a guy with just potential. But it didn't all come together for Josh Allen. And he didn't start to play like the Pro Bowl, top-flight quarterback that he is now until what happened? When the front office up there 
went and made a trade and brought in Stefan Diggs. And then he got his number one target. And he got his playmaker. You know, Darren Waller's not a bad player, don't get me wrong, but maybe the Giants need to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of securing some help for Daniel Jones. And oh, by the way, we know it's not the running back. Running back can only do too much. It's a passing league. Let's say hi to Greg and Piscataway up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Gregory, how are you? Yo, Dan the Man, how are you, sir? Greg, what's the word? All right. Hey, so I watch a lot of football. Well, I should say a decent amount of football. Mm-hmm. My theory on it is there's a handful of good quarterbacks and a handful of good coaches. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is just trying to catch up or trying to get to that. The, the Giants, watching the Giants, and not just this year, last year wasn't great. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was a great season. I had a lot of fun and everything like mm-hmm. that. But they weren't, they weren't great. They, they, they won some games that they shouldn't have. Um, you know, they were tough. They were resilient. But it, it's, it's just very frustrating because it's like there's five good quarterbacks and five good coaches, and everybody else is just kind of just playing, you know? Like, it, it's, it's that, that's not an offense. The Giants' offense, if you compare it to, like, a Kansas City, or even, even if you compare it to, like, the, the commander's offense or somewhere like that, it, it's not a functional NFL offense. And it hasn't well, been for years. Well, I, the previous regimes, I don't think you could do anything about that, Greg. But here's the thing, right? It's a player's league. I know the coach in football is probably more important than any of the other major sports. I get it. But Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. How's he done since Tom Brady left, right? This well, Patriots but, team but, he has now is terrible. They're terrible, and but, he's a genius, supposedly. Yeah, if you don't have the players, point, you're not going to win. Yeah, but with that point, though, Dan, they can still move the ball. They're not mm. in, in these three-point games. Not scoring in the first half. Like, it's crazy. It, it, oh, well, that's – look, I'll, Greg, I'll tell you something right now, and I thank you for the phone call. That is where the problem lies. You could lose games. You could sometimes just get outclassed by another team. I get it. You're not good enough. It happens if you at least are competitive. These slow starts, I, I, I mean, that to me defies logic. And what do you point that to? I understand that you shouldn't need any motivation as a professional athlete. I get it. But what is happening with these slow starts? Why are they coming out of the gates so lackadaisical, the Giants? What's the number? I keep forgetting. Was it 77-9 to in the first half? And we're not talking about two games. We're talking about four games already. Nine points in the first half? Nine points. Giants haven't even scored a touchdown in the first. Think about that. If you want to see the Giants score a touchdown, you don't have to turn on the game until the second half. Uh, That is mind-boggling to me. And see, the only thing that I'll say is unfair about the Daniel Jones criticism. People that want to hold him up to a higher standard because of the contract he got, well, you know what? Then that's on the organization. Then that's a fault of the front office. Don't try to make him somebody he's not just by his paycheck. We know what he is. Because if you're trying to put him into that another sphere of the elite, elite quarterbacks – There's only like four, maybe five of those guys in the entire sport. One of them is on crutches, and he plays for the Jets, unfortunately. Right? And the other guy was in that stadium on Sunday night wearing a Chiefs jersey. That's two of them right there. Another guy 
who we thought is in that mix, and I still do think he is, but he's not even close to 100%, has played garbage this year in Cincinnati and Joe Burrow because he's banged up. And they look like they could be a major disappointment this year. Right? The guy up in Buffalo and Josh Allen, I mean, pretty much, that's your list right there. Those are the guys. I'll tell you also, I mean, another story for another time, I mean, all Brock Purdy is doing is winning freaking games. When do we give him his flowers and start to actually give him some credit that, hmm, maybe he might be a little bit better than just being a result of the system that he plays in and the talent around him, right? But to try to include Daniel Jones in that group, that's not who he is. But it still doesn't mean that you can't win and still have some success with him, right? But things are going backwards through four weeks already this season. And that's what's troubling if you're a Giant fan. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out with you on the phones. Then we hand it off to baseball coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. No one expected this to be where we were, uh, where we are. So, yeah, there's some shock. But at the end of the day, it's about what we do from here and uh, getting things corrected, playing better football. That's Daniel Jones. they got a lot of work to do because, you know, we mentioned the defense last night. And by and large, look, they did a decent job. I mean, standard wasn't exactly set that high by the offense and the special teams, right? Hard to be any worse. But the tackling is still something that drives you crazy or lack thereof. And I'll tell you, they are going into a game this week. Wrong place, wrong opponent, wrong time. If you're going to show up to the field and decide that you're going to be shoddy when it comes to trying to wrap guys up because the Dolphins offensively make a living on yards after the catch. Make a living. Those quick hits over the middle, those – 
guys with the speed darting across the field. If you don't wrap up, it is going to be a track meet that the Giants are going to finish way, way in the rear of. Could get ugly. Let's say hi to Dan in Westfield up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Danny, how are you? Hey, thanks, Dan. Appreciate the time. What's you know, up, Dan? It's the same story year year. Thanks. It's the same story year after year. It's the offensive line, and we have to do something unorthodox, something thinking outside of the box. Not only do our starters struggle, but the minute we have an injury or two on the offensive line, our backups, our second unit, there's a huge fall off. And so, you know, what makes the Browns lines or the Eagles lines or some of these teams, the San Francisco, they suffer injuries. You're going to inevitably have injuries. There's no depth. They need to spend, whether it's the Jets or the Giants, all seven rounds of draft picks on the offensive line. If they hit two or three out of seven rounds, it's going to make them improve dramatically. Not only their offense, and you can argue after the quarterback that five offensive linemen are the most important positions on the field. Not only is it going to make their offense good, it's going to make their defense good because they're not on the field, because they're going to control the game. They're going to control time of possession. Your defense is they don't have to stop someone if they're not on the field. Dan, I don't disagree with you, and I thank you for the phone call. Look, the offensive line is a huge cause for concern, and there's some issues right now, and you don't want your depth to ever get tested this early in the season, which unfortunately it is. You know, and Schmitz, who was actually off to a decent start at center, now he's down. And by the way, how about him and Bellinger getting hurt on the stupid tush-push play? Which you find out after the game that the Giants just did it in walkthroughs. They never actually, like, practiced. So, double-edged sword. They tried in the game. It doesn't work. They don't even get the first down. And they lose two key players to injury. Severity unknown. Unbelievable. Twins just won a playoff game, by the way. They beat Toronto 3-1, to so... Uh, they are now one win away from the next round there. But absolutely. And I'll tell you, pretty soon, you're going to start to look at the general manager. Joe Shane has gotten a pass. I've been a big fan. But if the heat is going to start to come down on the head coach for the problems of this team, the general manager is also going to feel it too. By the way, you talk about the offensive line. How good does that Mark Lewinsky contract look? And I'm kidding, of course. What was that, a four-year deal? Guy can't even get on the field. I mean, how many guys have to get hurt before they have to throw him in the game? They obviously don't want to. But that's a swing and a miss. Let's say hi to Stephen Long Island up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Stevie, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Dan? What's up, Steve? How's things? I'm good, good. You know, Giants not looking good, but I was expecting that all year. Because, one... Yes, we got the tight end, but that was it. Like, where's our receivers? I don't even know who the hell is our receivers out there. And that offensive line, oh, my God, 11 times, 11 times. Come on, man. Like, that's the problem. Like, everybody's saying Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. But if you have no time, he doesn't even have three seconds. On that interception that he threw, if everybody look at it, his own offensive line was about to hit him, and they was about to sack him. That's why he threw it, because he knew, like, okay, I'm about to get hit again. You know? And we have to fix that offensive line. I don't want another quarterback. Don't I don't need another quarterback, because it's going to be the same thing. Because I've been saying offensive line since Eli was around. 
Yeah. You know, I've been saying fix your offensive line. They never did. They brought that, what was it, six, seven, that big guy. He never did anything, and we shipped them all off. Well, for, you want to talk, like, Steve, you want to talk offensive line, okay? And I thank you very much for the phone call. Evan Neal, circling back to what we were just talking about with the general manager and these draft choices. Evan Neal, I, I mean, for a top 10 pick in the draft, he, he looks abysmal so far. And this is year two. This is your – I mean, Evan Neal, there was film last night. He was – you talking about getting beat right off the jump and right out of your stance? I mean, he didn't even put a finger on a guy before he was already in the backfield. That can't happen. That cannot happen. It's an issue. It's a concern. You know, they paid Andrew Thomas, locked him around, but Andrew Thomas isn't playing. He's injured. Doesn't do anybody any good. So, all right. When healthy, you got the left tackle. What about the other four guys? What about them? Andrew in New Jersey, up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Andrew, how are you? Doing well, Dan. How you doing? Thanks for taking Andrew, my call. Andrew, things are good, man. What's going on? Listen, the Giants, they have the Dolphins coming up next week. Then mm-hmm. they have the Bills. Yeah, they gets have easier. the Commanders. And they have the Jets. And I'll be honest with you, the Commanders just took the Eagles to OT in at home yeah. for the Eagles. And the Jets, they have more fight in the Giants right now than the Giants. So that's an easy one in seven we're looking at. And at that rate, you got to ask yourself, I mean, do, should we just bench Daniel Jones and, and give Tyrod Taylor some, some like, reps no. starts here? You can't. You, there's no way you could do that, Andrew. You can't. And I thank you for the call. I'll tell you why you can't do that. Because Tyrod Taylor's not your future. Tyrod Taylor's a journeyman. He's going to be a backup for the rest of his career. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in it. It's good, honest work. But Daniel Jones is a guy that you're still trying to figure out, can it work with him? Can he take us where we want to go? Right? You got him for this year. You got him for next year. Then he could get out from underneath it. You're not going to bench him for Tyrod Taylor. The only way Tyrod Taylor's getting on that field is if something happens to Daniel Jones. And to me, you know the expression, adding injury to insult, that would be it. As bad as things are going so far for this football team, if the quarterback gets hurt and, you, and that's going to curtail your evaluation of his ability, that would be a nightmarish scenario for this giant football team this year, really and truthfully. Mike in Staten Island up next here on 98.7. Michael, how are you? Hi, Dan. How you doing? Thanks for taking Mike, the call. Mike, I'm doing great. What's going on? Yeah, I want to talk about the offensive line also. Um, you know, I'm I'm watching football here 40 years, mm-hmm. and uh, I woke up after the Dallas game the next day, and I woke up saying to myself, I never saw an offensive line play that poorly. And then I woke up today, and I said, <laughs> I never saw an offensive line play that poorly. <laughs> so two weeks later, they beat my uh, expectations for the worst performance of all time. And um, I think that the offensive line has regressed from last year. And I think that Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, has to take a big responsibility in this. Well, there's always going to be... Jones. Yeah, there's always going to be somebody that kind of is the guy who walks the plank, if you will, and, and, and comes under fire. I would be shocked, me personally, Mike, if four weeks into the season there's any sort of changes made with the coaching staff. There might be at some point, but not four weeks into the season. Well, Dan, my, here's my view. Like I said, I never saw our performance that poor, and now we saw it again. Daniel Jones is mobile, and he still was sacked 11 times. Yeah. 
Yep. I mean, this could could you imagine like fourteen, fifteen sacks on a on a on an offensive team? It's it's just and I just feel like Daniel Jones, his mental equilibrium is just off. How could he not be spooked? At this well, point. no, nobody likes getting hit, Mike, and I thank you for the phone call. We got to let you go because we're running out of time. But you're absolutely right. Now, Jones is a tough guy, but you know, after a while, the hits are going to compound matters. Jordan Renan, our buddy, he put out, a, uh, he tweeted out something last night after the game. Giants set an NFL record for allowing the most sacks at home in their first two home games in a season with the 18 sacks. The previous record was 16 by the 1987 New York Jets. And I replied to that, what makes this even worse, 1987, remember you had the players' strike in the NFL after two games. So that second home game the Jets played that year were with replacement players, guys who were working at your local shoe store that they signed to play football. This is what's even worse, what you're seeing from this Giants team. Anyways, wish we had more time. We'll get back to it tomorrow at 6.30 right after TMKS. Thanks to Harvey and to Julian. Baseball up next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Dan Gross is saying so long on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>